Welcome to episode 13 of Bread and Butter, everybody, the Hearthstone podcast, where we're serving up the basics the average player needs for Hearthstone improvement. Today, we have a very special guest uh, of Battlegrounds Acclaim, uh, Pocky Plays. Pocky, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Been a nice, relaxing day. Tito, how about you? I'm doing all right. A little sick, a little uh, stressed from last night. We had a little event, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Nice. Um, so, uh, Pocky, what have you been doing uh, outside of Hearthstone and inside of Hearthstone? Anything you'd like to share? Uh, mostly relaxing. You know, the new year's been sort of going fast. We're already three weeks in, but uh, yesterday was Chinese New Year, so I celebrated by doing probably my longest stream ever, which isn't super unrelated from Hearthstone, but, you know, it's kind of fun. Um and yeah, been been following sports. Unfortunately, the football season didn't end uh, the way I wanted it for either of my teams, the Vikings and the Seahawks. Um, Ooh, oh, so, you're a Hawks fan too? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a little little rough rough playoffs this year, but I've got the basketball season. You know, everyone starts falling basketball after the NFL yeah. season's over, so falling back on that. So um you um happy happy new year um if I ask what what year so this is the year of the rabbit which uh, year were you born in? I'm a I'm a dog I'm a oh, dog on the nice. Chinese zodiac. Nice, I've been learning a little bit about that. It's very interesting. Um, my my friend uh, that a coworker of mine is also a year of the rabbit, so I guess it's a little more a little more special when it's your year, your birth year and the year, um, in parallel. How about how about yeah you, yeah. How about yourself, Doc? Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, so yesterday, my partner and I, we celebrated our one-year anniversary, which was really dope. We went to a nice restaurant here in St. George, which honestly is too nice for what this town deserves. Um, had some amazing food. There was a, a couple that was seated relatively close to us that was celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. And so they got serenaded by a musician and their two children. So my uh, partner and I, her and I both also got to hear their entire conversation and all the songs that they got to play. Um, and it was just, it was a good time. Uh, inside or still outside Hearthstone, I've been playing a lot of Stellaris, which is like a spacefaring uh, galactic expansion RTS. It's really, it's really, really fun. It's just really complicated, especially for like how RTSs are complicated. Um, standard and BGs for me are just in like this weird spot where like, I'm not having a lot of fun in standard. I've maybe played like five games since last week. And then BG wise, I've played like 12 to 15 lobbies, but I've gained maybe 25 MMR just having a really hard time, uh, figuring out how to play. So being able to pick your brain Pocky is going to be very nice for me. Uh, I got like fourth place with elementals today, which I didn't mean to pivot elementals, but it happened and it worked okay. But undead just seem pretty dang good right now. Yeah, certainly the the way to go in battlegrounds right now. Congratulations on the the one year. Yeah, That's thank big. you. And uh, yeah, 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 battlegrounds. I've I've been actually playing a lot of battlegrounds. I've played. I, I so typically I don't play off stream. You know, uh, but 
I've played at the beginning of metas just because everything's fresh and new, you know, get a little bit of that drive back. And I, I've been playing a, a decent amount. Um, I think I played maybe six to eight games off stream, which, like I said, that's a, that's a lot for me. You know, that's a, that's infinite times yeah. more than zero. So, um, you know, I was playing TFT before uh, before the patch, and I was I was really enthralled with it. I, I think it's a really fun TFT set if anyone yes, sort of doubles is. up in the uh the auto battler genre but I uh I, I haven't touched it since the since the battlegrounds patch. I almost feel like I'm neglecting <laughs> neglecting it. I'm gonna lose the the skills. It they they definitely push different skills between both games. Uh I'm only like silver three in TFT but man when you get like because there's a bunch of wacky comps uh just yumi is the overlord of the meta right now which is funny because people are just getting killed by a, a cat writing a book but uh yeah. but yeah i enjoy this tft set too now do you play snap too pocky or i did um but i've kind i've kind of dropped it in uh the past month or so just because um the the monetization was yeah. was a bit much for me and it, it was fun to play daily, but how much they were asking for just to sort of stay competitive. I, I didn't want to make the investment, so I, I I haven't played it in a few weeks now, but I was playing it daily for, for months. I, I got in to the beta early, so you know I had I had the full tier three or series three collection. So it feels a little weird to just drop it, but you know, I, I was mostly free to play, so um, I don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, I I, simp- I only buy the season every season so far. I bought I th- this is the third season I bought, but that's the only thing I pay for. Um, and I like it as a game that I can play that fills that itch, but it lasts real quick. And I don't care about my rank. I'm I'm like rank thirty. I play Thanatos decks all the time. Uh, Thanos decks all the time, and and I don't care. It's just fun. Um, and Doc, you were playing it for a while, but you also kind of went off away from it, right? Yeah, I I really dislike how the collection levels work and how I mean I know they've changed a little a little bit, but uh, not being guaranteed like cards without a specific way to craft them whenever you want to is a really big feels bad for me. Uh, but I did start playing again uh, after our conversation with Matt last week. I've probably played like. 15 20 games and i've won like like 11 or 12 of them um just doing odin on reveal because that's like the only deck i really have everything for um i think if they went the route that magic the gathering goes and you get these wild cards magic gathering online you get the wild cards and be like okay hey you have a series three make whatever you want and then like you get you still do the same collection levels you still go as slow as you want but that's not like did i get lucky and get deadpool when i wanted deadpool it's like Okay, I got a card. Deadpool's the one I want next. Let me go get him. I think it covers the needs of the player, but it also keeps them in that kind of pacing they want to have. Yeah, I I think that would be a healthy uh, a healthy change for the game for sure. Yeah, that'd be super interesting. I think it would it would definitely alleviate some of the concerns people have about um, their collections because at least they could target what they want and build the decks that they're looking for. Eh. Ben Brode, if you need more ideas, you know where to find me. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and as for me, Doc, um, Hades still has his grips in me. Um, I started playing at the beginning of the month because Hades 2 was announced. I never played Hades because I was always told it wasn't great on the PC. Um, some people alleviated me of that fact, and I still think it probably is not as good as it is on console, but I picked it up because it was on sale, and um, it just grabbed me. Um, I think I have over 90 hours in this month, and it's... Nice. <laughs> it's It's... It's fun. I thought I had an idea of where Hades 2 was going to go to until um, I continue to play long after the credits, and there's even more story. Um, it, is a, it is a lot of fun. It is a great game. Um, and we had our, our event last night. We had the uh, show match between Wicked Good and Sidisi, Hunter versus uh, Priest. Uh, some technical issues. I also had a sick dog at the time, so things were a little chaotic. But... It was still a fun event. Uh, Sidisi ended up winning three games to one. Um, I think fun was had by all, and I think we're going to try to do another one of those in the future um, to see who uh, will win. And maybe we'll do uh, another grudge match, and I was thinking about maybe extending it up to four matches. But the VODs are up um, on my Twitch, and uh, the, the audio quality, like I said, is a little problematic, but overall the event was a lot of fun. Um, I've been playing not so much standard, uh, I hit legend and then I just kind of every time I log in because my MMR like we've talked about is so low I came in at around 2,000 I log in three days later it's at like 5,000 I log in a couple days later it's like 7,000 it just it's I, I, I'm water meets, meets its level and I'm, I'm, I'm hitting to where I belong I suppose uh, I've as soon as I hit legend I had some problems uh, I think I lost like the first three games I played and I was like alright I'm done but I went in, I started climbing some ranks again, but I decided I wanted to just mix it up a little bit and start working on uh, Wild, because I wanted to become Double Legend at some point, and I'm only at four stars in Wild, which is kind of a long haul to get back to where I want to be. And um, I picked up a Death Knight, uh, unde what was it? Unholy Death Knight Even deck, and... That hero power at one is really good. I, th I went 15 and one in one session, and uh, I, I really like it. So I'll probably be apparently it's the best deck in the meta. I had no idea when I picked it. I just said, all right, hey, this deck. I want to play some Death Knight so I can start getting the wins on that and have some fun. And and it just looked like a good deck. And turns out it's really good. I haven't run into any control yet, so I don't know how I'm going to do if I start hitting big priests and things like that, the uh, Shutterwalk Shamans and all that. But for now. At least at the levels I'm playing, it's just it's easy to cruise in. But, I don't know. I'm starting to get a little hungry, Doc. How about yourself? Yeah, I think it's about time for some appetizers. Uh, so, Pocky, uh, tell us about your history in video games and how you got started on Hearthstone. Ooh, that's a good question. So, I mean, my first, like, intro to video games was on PC, like PC games back you know, as a kid playing stuff like backyard baseball and some oh, of those educational yeah. games like Freddy Fish and, and Putt Putt Saves the Zoo. I think like anyone that's like my generation probably like, you know, n knows what I'm talking about. So I do um, have, I do have a, that era of game question for you. Did you ever play where is Carmen San Diego? I not like myself. But my friends had, so I, like, you know, played via watching. Yeah. Because that's, you, you know, as a kid, it's like, you know, you'd go over to someone's house and, like, you would just watch other people game. Like, and you'd be totally cool with it. 
you know, and I think that like, I have another friend that we talked about, like we, there was three of us as, as kids that two of us were obviously worse at gaming. Like we, we all knew it, you know, it was, it's just how it was like, if you were talking about like, you know, last person rotates out, like that, that was us. And then one of us was really good. Cause he had, you know, older brother. So he had, you know, he had the training or whatever and he was just always the best. So we were watching him we, we just, like, we're used to watching him. Like, he could get through the hard parts of missions and stuff that we, like, got stuck on. And, you know, fast forward to Twitch, it's like, well, yeah. Well, like, watching other people play games, that's, that's fun. Like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how it goes. That like It's like, we've been trading our whole life for this. We can't, we can't watch people play game. Um, but... It's hard, it's hard explaining that yeah, to so, people that don't understand, too, right? Like, you're like, yeah... People watch me play video games and they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Like, but it, it, there is this satisfaction to the shared experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything else, right? It's like going to a movie theater and, and watching with other people is different than if you were to just, you know, watch a movie on your phone in bed. Like, now that's not to say that that's not fun in its own right, but it's a different experience, you know? Um, so, yeah, and then I guess N64 I got as a hand-me-down, and then my first, uh, you know, console was a, yeah the, the Wii that I got for myself. Um, but really what got me into Hearthstone was Yu-Gi-Oh! I oh. played Yu-Gi-Oh! You know, from Legend of Blue Eyes, like, it came out, that same thing, you know, like, all of it, my little friend group as kids, we, we all got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because, like, that's what people were doing. That's also, mm-hmm. you know... Um, you know, it was newer, and... I don't know, we... Like, we also collected Pokemon cards, but we never, like, played, right? But Yu-Gi-Oh! We played the game. Um, <laughs> I'm looking the, forward to... The card I- game, I should say. I'm looking and, uh, forward to the uh, whole Pokemon uh, online thing, which I guess is in beta <laughs> coming out right now because my son likes to collect these Pokemon cards and, and I've been getting for him, but I have no idea how to play. We went through the basics. We did a basic game, but like you got all these different rules and, and things, and I want to I wanna sit down and understand how to play it so I can teach him, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, man. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, some of my, my early memories with card games was actually the opposite. Um, I was the kid trying to teach my dad how to play Pokemon, like, you know, way back then. And, you know, it it sort of happened because I, you know, a lot of times you you didn't have someone else to play with, right? So it's like, dad, come on, give me play, you know? And like that, I mean, that's like my intro to to card games. So, I mean, that's a, that's absolutely you should. So, yeah. And Pokemon's a great game. Like I, I still play it on a relative, like frequent basis. And my brother, like goes to regionals and stuff when he can and goes to our local shop for it. It's a fun game. It seems like it's complicated, but like once you like play a couple games, it gets pretty easy to understand. Yeah. I I was wanting to like get into the card game right before the pandemic to like go play at the shop and stuff. And then the pandemic, I I, like had a deck. I literally like bought a deck of like stuff. It was, um, it was like the, I think it was like the tag team stuff, maybe like around oh, that. Yeah, yeah, tag teams would have still been, uh, would have still been a thing. Like, the popular deck at the time would have been like Pikaram. 
Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. So, like, around then. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the pandemic happened. It was like, guess, guess no. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, so, but competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, that was, like, my go-to for for years and started getting competitive later on in my career and I, I really like hustled it, it was expensive so I played in college like and I didn't have a job at the time so it was, it was all like trading and buying and selling to to you know not necessarily make a profit but like to fund the the yeah. decks because it, it can get expensive I mean any card game player knows that New stuff comes out, power creep happens, and you, if you want to be competitive, you got to have the newest stuff, the good stuff, and, you know, it's not cheap. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like $100 a, a card sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so once it got to that point, I was like, man, this is just so expensive. And I, I had some friends in the competitive scene that played Hearthstone, so I was like, I had, I had touched Hearthstone right when it came out just because... It was really popular on Twitch and just like being around esports, you kind of heard about it, but it, it didn't hook me the first time. But after I, I, I sort of switched over from Yu-Gi-Oh, it hooked me and I just, I, I played it. It was pretty easy. I didn't put a ton of money into it or anything. Um, you know, it was so much cheaper than Yu-Gi-Oh. People complain about how expensive Hearthstone is, but I was, I was just of the opposite mindset of like, it's so cheap compared mm-hmm. to Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, like I'm not having to... Spend like $300 every couple of months just for a, a play set of cards. Like, you know, this is this is great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Battlegrounds came out. And I just ran. I played it. Um, I think I had the, the BlizzCon ticket at that year for whatever reason. So I, I got Battlegrounds like the day it came out. And... Uh, I that is the first day I played and I've played it, you know, since then. Um it really quickly just overtook, you know, I was still doing five wins a month for cardbacks for a while and then and then didn't even get the time for that cuz I was so hooked on Battlegrounds. So what was it about Battlegrounds that uh drew you into the mode so hard? I'm not sure. That like the competitiveness in the individual game was really cool. Like, I, I definitely have this competitive uh, bit of me that just wants to win. And winning a, a game of standard or constructed didn't give me the same high that, like, getting first in a game of Battlegrounds does, right? Like... It, it's like eight wins in one, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm better than seven other people, not just one, but seven other people. And, you know, putting together these builds and stuff. I mean, I always enjoyed arena. I was never good at it, but the way that arena players are able to like draft these different decks out of just like whatever they're given and then consistently do well. I always thought that was such a cool element of the game and, and of that mode. And Battlegrounds is, is similar, right? You don't know what you're going to get. It's, it's random. But through smart decision-making, you can consistently do well. 
And so between those two things, I, I, I think that's probably what drew me to the mode. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, it is just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just the, the gameplay and the, the strategy behind it. I've always been a big strategy person. So um, just that general stuff, you know, it's, it's great for that. So what, uh, what made you decide to get into car- content creation and then later uh, into casting? Well, content creation was, again, like the pandemic sort of drew it out of me. I, my first stream, I, I, I streamed like years ago one time, forgot to turn off my stream afterwards, was at work in the office the next day, and my friend's like, you know your stream's on? And I'm like, shit. Like, I heard stories about, like, people doing that and getting banned. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I don't want to <laughs> get banned. Like, uh, it's an accident. So I, like, tried to figure out how to raid someone from my phone or host someone from my phone. People said, like, then it'll be fine. And after that, I didn't stream for years. <laughs> I don't, you know, I was traumatized. But <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic is that... Very first week, uh, like I think the Friday of that week, I was just like, oh, what the heck? You know, like, why not? And around that time, a little bit later on, um, you know, I, I didn't realize how good I was. I think I was about 8K at the time. And there wasn't really information on like, if you weren't on the leaderboards, you didn't have a great perspective of, you know, where does that put like, am I am I? good what is good even a lot of people still don't know what is good because it comes down to you know what your own standards are in in that bar that you're setting Mm -hmm. but a bit later on i'd started watching slissa and uh, 12 wins now known as sun bacon relaxer (laughs) and you know improving to the point that i saw in um ixar's tweet that like 8k was like top 0.1% or something. And I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty good. Like maybe if I streamed this, some people could watch." And all I wanted to do was teach people how to play. Like explain my thought process to plays that if maybe other people could pick up from it cuz like otherwise I was like, "What do I have to offer?" Like I'm, you know, it's whatever. I'm not super entertaining. I, but Maybe if I'm good enough, people will watch and I could learn, you know, teach them and people can learn. Um, and I did that and uh, I wrote a guide on Reddit that got pretty big and just through chatting in different streams and stuff, people started to know me from all these different places. And, uh, you know, that that's what grew my stream. Um you know, just sort of random happenstance and um, just really just being a part of the community um, is what got me to where I am. And then casting. So <laughs> obviously the eSports stuff, you know, we got that eSports news recently. Last year yeah. we got the announcement for Lobby Legends and I saw that and I'm a good player. Um, you know, I, I've said that, like, my list of achievements is, I think, pretty good. I, I won Twitch Rivals with a team. I've won tournaments. I've been on 
uh, the Americas and EU leaderboards like on the front page at the same time. Been as high as rank 11. And with all those accomplishments, I don't think I'm that good. <laughs> like when you say like playing in Lobby Legends, I'm like that. I'm not cut out for it, you know, which sounds maybe like it's, you know, underestimating my skills or something. But it's just a realization of like watching some of these other players how good they are and the fact that i'm even just a little bit worse than them that's still a, a big gap you know and so when they announced lobby legends i'm like that is uh, my goal is not to kind of go on that grind you know at the time i was uh working so i, I didn't even have the, the time to put in that kind of you know commitment and I had casted and hosted tournaments before, and it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I had this background in sports stuff, right? Like, really being interested in sports. And, of course, every all sports, you know, there's a standard with commentary, you know? And having a really good broadcast team can make a game so much more engaging to the average fan. And I really wanted to bring that to Battlegrounds, and I thought I, I could. And I, I still think, you know, now having done it more and had more experience co-casting Lobby Legends and then even officially casting the last Lobby Legends, uh, which was a fantastic experience, um, I, I absolutely want to do more, um, you know, in the, in the future. Yeah, so uh, we kind of touched on the esports a little bit, and it is very unfortunate um, and then since now you're mentioning, uh, the future, do, uh, do you have any like plans or projects, uh, for this year? Um, well, I definitely would like to cast more, um, whether that's, you know, through the, you know, getting another opportunity to cast Lobby Legends. If I'm that lucky, I'll be ecstatic. Um, I know there's less this year, you know, down to the three tournaments, but I don't think that's a problem. I think that, you know, the the big thing for Lobby Legends would be getting more eyes on it, more publicity on the event. And so having few fewer isn't necessarily like a deal breaker in that regard. But I think that with fewer events, there's also this opportunity for more grassroots events to pop up again. In the past year, we've seen less and less. I had hosted a few tournaments, and in the last year, I was trying to host more, but it was like, you look at the schedule, there's qualifiers this week, and there's Lobby Legends this week, and there's this other event this week, and it's like, you know... what. <laughs> When am I going to have time to run something? And I don't think I was the only sort of community tournament organizer running into that. I, I think <laughs> there was a week that I did run a tournament and there was like three other tournaments running because everyone was like, this this is the, the week. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, people are double booked on stuff. And, they, you know, which tournament did I register for first? Which one do I most want to play in? Am I going to have, you know... Is this way you can have more high-level players? Do I really want to play against them? All these different things. and So I think with sort of less on the schedule, it's going to be an opportunity for 
more grassroots stuff. And I really hope that the community uh, engages with it because that's what drives, you know, people to to set them up and host them, right? It's, it's a lot of work. So if you're not getting viewers or sponsors or, or even participants, like, it's kind of, you know, you need some incentive. That's just kind of the way it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully there's more. I know there's a lot of people who really care deeply about the competitive scene in Hearthstone and as discouraged as the esports announcements were, I don't think that has to be the end of competition in the game, right? We can just sort of have that, but then, you know, really as a community come together and support, uh, what can still be a vibrant competitive scene and that that i agree is like when when hearthstone uh, uh, there was if, if you'll believe it there was at one point where we were complaining that there was almost too much hearthstone esports because it was hard to keep track of it was every weekend it was there, there was almost too much going on and like the grassroots things i think were always a lot of fun like the seat story cups and and those kind of uh events were always great so you're right i i, I like that there is an opportunity for Assuming Blizzard, you know, doesn't put the kibosh on these kind of things, but for more grassroots kind of small things to fill that void and give other players opportunities. And and I will say that the, the couple times I've ca caught you casting has been um, very entertaining. You are you have a great cadence. You c explain things very well. It, it's it, it's you do a very good job. So I look forward to hearing more from you. And who would you say, uh, just one last question, like you mentioned that you watched Alyssa and Sunbaking Relaxer. Who are some of your favorite people to watch? If, if, you're, if, you're go if you want people to go watch streamers besides yourself that are, that are good at Battlegrounds and also teach kind of along that aspect, who would you suggest? Oh, uh, it's so hard because there's so many great players and it depends. It depends on the viewer on how they learn. Some people learn by just watching the very best play, right? And they can sort of pick up all the things they're doing wrong from watching that, you know, top tier gameplay. Others, it's helpful to have an explanation of why did you do that? And, you know, have a, an engaged chat where they can ask questions to the streamer and they'll explain them. And so... Um, there's so many great streamers um, for for both styles. Uh, if you're looking for people to explain, I mean, Sosa is still fantastic. Um, Victor, as long as you phrase the question, and some people have a tendency to, to maybe forget chat etiquette at times and and say things about like oh isn't that a misplay it's like well you can phrase the same thing as why why did you do that you know um but if you if you hear that right victor's still great um Bofer's really good at explaining all his thoughts in, in the process of that uh lee lee hs um really high level player and in always down to explain his his thought process hopper bear is much like me um really really good about talking through every play she makes um 
definitely, definitely recommend her. And I mean, most streamers, again, like if you ask in the right way, they'll, they'll be happy to explain. Um, so it's all about, you know, finding someone that you engage well with. And if, if that's the way you want to learn, um, and, and even just engaging with the stream in the right way, um, you know, it's one thing to watch and it's another to watch with intent, right? If you're, if your goal is to get better, you know, look at the decisions they're making and why they did that. Don't just like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, if you want to learn, you know, put your time into learning. It's a, you know, there's like, do you guys have this thing with like TV shows where there's certain TV shows for me that I'll put on right before I go to bed. I'm not really trying to pay that much attention to them. You know, I'm just trying to go to sleep. <laughs> but, like, I don't need to pay that much attention. It's fine for that show. You know, and then other shows you're like, well, I don't, I want to, you know, stay, I want to watch this, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, if, if you do want to get better, find a stream that you're going to watch and, and really take in everything. Um, you know, I mean, that could be any any number of of streams out there and it's really just down to exploring sometimes smaller streamers are better for that because you know, they're not going to have a, a chat that you're going to get drowned out and sometimes you know the, the big streamers are big for a reason right they they're, they're good they got to where they were because they engage with chat you know says so it's just what you prefer as long as you have the right mindset going in I don't even, I, I absolutely cannot choose a favorite, but I, I hopefully that list was good enough. No, that, absolutely. And like, like you said, like you can learn a lot from watching Doug. He is an amazingly talented card game player, but he's not going to answer your questions. He's going to, his, he has too many people in chat. There's thousands of people that watch him. So uh, that's not the best engagement, but you still learn a lot. But, excuse me. But like you were saying, Hap is great. Like, she uh, talks to her players. She goes, she makes every effort to acknowledge every single person that chats with her and answers questions. And, and she's a phenomenal player on top of that. Her, she plays on an alt um, a lot of times called Hapa is Tilted. And that, that alt is usually around like 12K or more. And that's her like, I'm not doing so well uh, account. So uh, you want to learn. She is definitely a, a great option as well. I completely agree. Um, I don't know, Doc. I'm starting to get a little hungrier, though. You, know, you ready for the main course? I sure am. All right. So if you're here, we're here to talk about Battlegrounds. That's why we have Pocky on, obviously. Um, and I'm sure you're probably very excited to talk about things like Undead and Professor Putricide or, or whatever. And I promise you, we will talk about that at some point next week. Um we want to start off by giving people the basic primer for Battlegrounds. A lot of people don't go to Battlegrounds because even though it's free, even though it doesn't take too much, it's intimidating if you don't know what you're doing or, or, or you don't have the basics to go in. So some people go in, they get in eighth place, they say, I don't know what the heck just happened, and they never go in the mode again. That's kind of sad because Battlegrounds is a fantastic, fantastic game. So what we want to do here today is we want to start explaining what Battlegrounds are and how you play from the ground up um, and build those skills and understand some of the lingo and some of the, uh, the conversations that can happen around it. <coughs> so, sure. 
So, Pocky, the first thing that when someone comes in, they're prompted with, you know, picking either two or four heroes, depending on if they have um, the battle pass. Uh, what do you think, for someone coming into the game and not knowing too much about these heroes, what should they be looking for when they pick a hero? Uh, if you're just starting, pick whatever seems fun. As, you know, it's so much... That's such an important aspect to... to getting hooked into a game is make sure you're having fun and the winning and losing will come but you know just playing different heroes trying different things you know that'll help get you hooked and uh, I mean you need to learn how different heroes play um, so I, I you know I wouldn't put too much stress on when you're just getting started on like this is the best hero I need to pick this one I mean Certainly, a lot of the best heroes are the most fun. I have a 100% pick rate on Master Win, the panda. I think it's the most fun hero. Obviously, my stream theme is really centered around pandas, so, like, I have to. Um, and I highly encourage... Every, I think that's a great hero to learn on as well, because you get to choose between all these different hero powers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just whatever you think is the most fun. Um, some people really like the uh, sort of minion type guided heroes so something like lord jaraxxus for demons or maleficent for mechs they might not be the best heroes in the game but they'll give you a very clear direction to start out with and you can say hey i'm gonna play mechs this game or i'm gonna play demons the tribal synergy is actually and that's probably what those heroes are meant for anyway is they they don't necessarily are designed to be competitive in the meta but they're designed to guide players down a tribal route which will help them kind of figure out how to build a comp um all right so let's say we've picked our hero maybe it's maybe it's master win um what am i doing in my first few turns yeah the first few turns are gonna be i mean turn one you're always gonna buy a minion pretty much you know, eventually there's some situations where you'll hero power in turn one um those will be more obvious on on certain heroes like Zarella or Yogg, where you're getting a minion, you know, you're effectively sort of buying that minion with your hero power. But otherwise, you know, you're just wanting to, to, to buy a minion. And then from turn two is when you really get into some of those decisions. And one of the things we, we you know, sort of preach in terms of learning is learning the standard curve. And that's when you're going to level... Um, on on turn two up to tier two and then and then it's just a balance uh from there of leveling and buying minions much like the rest of the game so you know uh, it, it comes down to to what you think your your game plan is going to be and then using those early turns to sort of start blazing your trail towards that end game now, you, you mentioned standard curve. That's uh, Curve is something that people use a lot, uh, a term that people use a lot in Battlegrounds. You hear standard curve, hero curve, um, there's a couple others. What are curves, and, and what do I need to know about them? Yeah, so curves are basically um, referring to leveling curves. And so that means what turn uh, are you leveling? And the reason that it matters is because if you get to higher tiers faster you're of course going to open up the possibility of buying better minions 
But if you level too fast, you're not going to have enough minions on your board and you're going to start to take a lot of damage. And so over the, you know, lifespan of Battlegrounds, some of these curves have sort of been fleshed out. And the primary thing that they have in common is they help you efficiently spend your gold each turn, right? Between leveling and buying minions. And so, you know, that's where I say, you know, Basically, on turn one, you're always going to buy a minion because you have three gold on turn one. On turn two, usually you're going to level because it costs four to level for most heroes. And you have four gold on turn two. And so it's a very clean, efficient use of your gold. You know, if you're constantly leveling and buying minions and you have one or two gold left over, that gold basically doesn't get used or, or you use it on rolls or something and you know but it's not influencing the strength of your board in the long term and so by playing these sort of efficient curves uh and leveling on the correct turns um you'll you'll basically have more gold than any of your opponents that don't and you know because of that you'll have more minions stronger minions whatever it may be and that'll help you you know, come out victorious. So what's the difference between, say, a standard curve and a, is, is a hero curve? Um, sorry, what was that? All right, what's the difference? So I think, is it called hero curve or something? What's the difference between a standard curve and a different curve? Like, I know a standard curve, you would, you said you would level on four, and then you would level on, what, six or seven, where you have, uh, it costs five mana to level, and you have another yeah. opportunity by a minion. Like, what is the difference between those curves, just in general? Because a lot of times you'll hear streamers talk, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, do this curve on this one," and it's not always clear what that means. Yeah. So, uh, if you really do want an in-depth guide, uh, there's the bgcurvesheet.com um, that, that lays out all the curves in detail. But standard curve basically consists of leveling on four gold on seven gold and then on eight or nine gold and then from there it's kind of up to you on when you're leveling to five or six uh depending on you know how your game's going nice. the other curves there's stuff like reform curve uh which is when you have a one cost or sometimes two cost hero power where you're using that to um you're weaving your your hero power in every turn and so you end up staying on tier one a little bit longer but uh eventually you sort of catch up um to the leveling curve and you end up being on tier three on seven gold as well um, and so that sort of you, you match that benchmark and then there's the three on three curve which means that you're leveling very quickly and going to tier three on turn three which is the uh, five gold turn and usually you do that when you have a token and and you have a hero power that facilitates um going up faster either you're going to get a free discover from something like gale wing or cookie or or you're here that that has tempo and can sort of recover more strongly like lich king or Halakir, and so you know that that week early turn and the couple turns it's going to take you to build up a board afterwards 
is sort of mitigated by that additional strength. Yeah, except for me. I tend to um, turn three, uh, three on three pretty much every time. At least I did in the quest meta. I haven't played too much since the, the new expansion hit, but um, I'm a, I was almost always three on three and it didn't always work out for me, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an opportunity. It was a plan that I would do. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting one, and and one of the things that again, like as you improve, the curves become less and less rigid, right? These super high level players, they'll they'll flex and go in between curves and do lots of different things on different heroes, just based on how a game is going, how many tokens you get, what what minion types are in a given lobby, and so. You know, the reason the curves are super helpful is because they give you a framework to think about the game and think about, okay, this is, you know, how I'm going to do these things efficiently, like I talked about before. Um, but as long as you're continuing to keep those same principles, you know, you can you can really make a lot of things work in a lot of different ways. I remember the what blew my mind was I was watching Hafu one day and she was... She had a triple, or she had a triple in the shop if you just bought the minion, and she just stayed on level. I mean, she she leveled like two, three, four, five, and just took a bunch of damage, and then you know attempted to spike and and get greater power by just getting up fast and then taking advantage of that triple in order to uh, get a power minion and then and build a comp from there. So uh, big brain in in some levels there. Uh, uh, do you ever do things like that, or is that um, not no, not a very good strategy if you're not that uh, smart, I guess? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do that. Um, <laughs> I really like playing some aggressive lines. I mean, I have a, a pretty <laughs> pretty heavy inclination towards the, the first or ETH style of gameplay, um, but I will say it is much more difficult to play aggressive lines uh, when you're just starting because part of what makes those lines possible is uh, knowing how to recover and playing just on the line of, you know, sort of the brink of, of death. It might not be immediate, but it could be something that's coming two or three turns down the line and and you're not even in a position to sort of recover tempo wise and so if uh if you don't have the ability to sort of ascertain how strong your board is how strong your opponents are that stabilization becomes a lot more difficult so that's why you'll see like high level players in general, play much more aggressive than you're used to seeing players play at lower MMRs. You'll see, you know, games at lower MMRs generally take longer because people aren't leveling as fast and not playing as aggressively because it's it's hard otherwise. And like I said, in general, the game is a little bit slower because people are not using their gold efficiently, right? They, they might have stayed on one for an extra turn. I remember when I was just starting... You know, it <laughs> it was not immediately that I was like level on turn two, level on turn two. You know, there was a lot of games where I'm like, 
I'll just level on turn three, you know? And it's like, wait, I'm floating two gold and rolling. And it's like, wait a second, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? But it, it's, you know, it's not super easy to grasp some of those concepts without someone telling you, uh, because Battlegrounds is such a complicated game. And so it does take time to sort of learn those principles. Okay, now let's say I'm not playing Jaraxxus or um, some some tribal kind of guide guided uh, hero. It's early in the game. I've got a couple minions. How do I decide what kind of comp I'm going for, and and how do I how do I when 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 do I start making these decisions? Because at some point you're just picking like you know the best minion, maybe the minion with the best attack and health or the biggest minion you can. But at some point. You need to start shifting into uh, a little bit more of synergy, or or I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be tribal synergy. You know, it can be uh, divine shields and and that kind of thing. Um, when do I when do I start figuring out, and how do I start figuring out what comp I should kind of go with, go with? Yeah, I mean, you you really touched on it. Um, you know, early if it is a meta where a certain minion type is strong you, you kind of also mentioned it earlier that like right now undead are really strong um you know you can sort of try and play into those early but in general what you want to do is like you said pick up the strongest minion um that's going to provide the most tempo to you and Again, doing so efficiently. And what will happen is if you do that, different minions can sometimes be the strongest minion. Um, and because of tribal synergies, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll pick up a Murloc because you have other Murlocs on board and you're buffing more things. Whereas if you have beasts on board, well, that Murloc's not going to make a lot of sense. And so into the mid game, you sort of, build this skeleton of uh, a comp based on those synergies that you've just picked up by making your basic decisions of, I'm going to pick up the strongest minion here um, because of those synergies. And then you'll sort of have that blueprint for, I'm going to try and lean into, you know, murlocs or beasts or, or mechs. And, you know, in the mid game and late game, then that's what you're, that's what you start to look for. Now, what about I'm building a comp? It's not coming along quite quite as well as I would hope. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm not finding the minions, the, the the better minions at tier two or three or four or whatever it might be, and um, I start seeing something else in the shop that might be better. Like and it's called pivoting, right? Like 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 let, let's try to pivot to something else. Like when should I do that? Like or 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 when should a new person do that? Or should a new person kind of like avoid doing that and just trying to make it the whatever their board is build that up as as best as possible if it what would be your advice to somebody that's new like let's say i'm building up murlocs i'm not finding any toxins i'm not finding any um of, of the the stronger minions but now i see two uh busters in the shop like what would you do yeah in general so each of the comps sort of have you know, you'll hear them called a, a variety of things, either direction or sort of these keystone cards or scaling engines, uh, 
whatever it may be that can sort of complete your your comp so uh obviously a big popular one is caligos for dragons right and so let's say you have a board of dragons and you're looking for caligos well at a certain point if you don't find caligos you're not going to be able to play dragons because you don't have scaling for your board you know and so each of these comps have these different keystone cards that if you don't find them at a certain point um and again you know that's where experience comes in and it, it, it's down to you know how strong your opponents are how strong you are how long you can look for your sort of direction of choice but at a certain point once you're on tier five or tier six um you know occasionally there's a couple cards that that are on tier four that can really you know give you scaling in that direction but most of them are on tier five or tier six you know you're just looking to pick up your direction on those tiers and, and go into that and obviously it's ideal if you can find the direction that sort of fits with what you've built already but if you're not finding something and it feels like hey time's running out like I, I i need to start building towards my end game board on you know whether it's turn eight or you know turn nine you know you can pick up say okay there's two omega busters i guess i'm mechs now like and <laughs> i'm gonna lean into that because that's what the game gave me like would it love to be beast but it's not happening you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not finding my mama bear. I'm not finding, you know, one of these beast cards that's, that's going to give me that scaling and direction. So uh, we just got to go with what, you know, the game gives us. It's kind of like that drafting aspect all over again. See, I, I run into problems like what you're saying. Like, hey, Caligos. I almost never have a good Caligos game. I'll win with dragons, and I'll win with dragons if I have, like, Terragosa and... Um the 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 dragon that buffs the guys on both sides of it and uh, the other cards around there the the razor scale or whatever but like I always struggle with comps that have like a Bran or a Theo or a, a Caligos where I have to kind of keep a board slot free and start rifling things through to scale my boards I always feel like I, I never want I never make the good decisions on hey I, even though this mob is uh, um, strong, I need to get rid of it to clear up space to then, you know, cycle things through and then make decisions at the end to be like, all right, what, what is that minion going to land on? How am I going to uh, continue to cycle things through? I, I'm horrible at that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not super easy, so you know, no, no, <laughs> no need to feel bad about that. It's, uh, it is difficult balancing that, and there's a lot of, um, you know, understanding resources in Hearthstone and you know, the investment of, I'm going to spend a battle cry or I'm going to, you know, buy a neutral minion to, to start scaling things up. And, um, you know, passive scaling, stuff that that scaling sort of happens automatically. Something like the Terragosa promo drag combo that you mentioned, something like Light Fang. Um, a lot of the new undead stuff takes advantage of, of sort of passive scaling where you don't really have to actively invest resources into getting your scaling um they're they're definitely easier to execute because because that scaling is built in um and and there are sort of less less decisions on determining 
is this worth it or you know is, is this minion good enough fair and um if, if, again if, if you want to find like a lot of these streamers you watch them do it and then you try to do it uh it's it's definitely a different ball game when you're doing it on your own uh but yeah it's a lot of fun uh and, and you can definitely uh, do a lot of fun things with battlegrounds, and you'll find those synergies on your own a lot of times. Sometimes you won't realize that a couple cards go together, but um, and some of them are traps. Yeah, and you'll figure that out too when you think that you have a plan put together, and then that plan fails um, time after time, and you're not able to uh, top four your lobby because um, you know whatever you're whatever you're trying to, it just doesn't scale fast enough, or, or doesn't handle poison smurlocks or whatever it might be. So don't, I mean, try things, but just kind of keep in mind uh, as you're playing, like, hey, did this work? Did this not work? Why did it not work? And and see if you can either improve upon it next time or maybe avoid that trap um, when you come around to it. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, um, do you have any other thoughts for somebody that might be new to Battlegrounds that they should try to keep an eye on? Um. I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick plug. Uh, I have a, a guide that talks about improvement and, and a lot of these things. I think that's a great resource. I, I As unbiased as I can be, I think it's probably the best written guide on how to improve in Battlegrounds. Namely because there's not many, um, but it is a great resource. And the other thing is just, I mean... Playing, 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 and getting that experience and in, in sort of actively being engaged and improving and looking at your plays and saying, hey, what went wrong? And if you're having trouble with that, that's when you can turn to streams and, and ask and, and get an outside opinion. And it can be super helpful in, in finding a stream or a streamer that, that, you know, you engage with well. Um, I... I think it's great and i mean the most important thing is to just make sure you're you're having fun like i said it's impossible to get better at a game to continue to play a game if you're not having a good time yeah i um, never understood that people they're like oh, i'm not having fun <laughs> well then why are you still playing like take a break go do something else yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a game right absolutely um, and actually, one last streamer to mention, uh, Sway Bay is fantastic to watch if you want to interact and really kind of learn a lot and, and understand what's going on, uh, especially if you want to do some of the more unique things in the game and meme and, 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 and attempt crazy things. Uh, definitely a great watch right there. Yeah, Sway is great. But, but I think I'm getting full, and I think it's um, just about time for dessert. Um Hockey, thanks for being on. I'm looking forward to having you on next week, talk about the actual current meta, and we could probably break down Undead a little bit more. Um, I know that it's a little tough to play Undead right now because everybody's going Undead, and yeah. there's a limited minion pool, so if you see four or five people going Undead, it might be um, time to pick something else. Um, yeah. Sure. But So um, where can people find you on your socials? Uh, I am on almost every social, uh, of course, Twitch, probably the best place, you know, my, my hub, um, Pocky Plays, uh, I'm on Twitter as at Pocky underscore plays, um, and then, you know, YouTube is another great resource where I do a lot of, um, not necessarily gameplay videos, uh, 
but you know talking about the game and, and you know whether it's current events whether it's patch stuff or any of that sort of stuff um, what are the good heroes you can check out my youtube which is also pocky please fantastic and you can find me at tito santana hs on both twitter and twitch like i said if you want to check out the show match that we just had with wicked good and cdc the vod is up we also have the vod for the match we had with uh uh doc and smarms um and doc <laughs> uh, um doc are you back oh i've i've been here okay uh doc where can we find you <laughs> uh yeah you can find me on uh twitter and twitch at doc mcbutt and you can email. Did we? We didn't plug the email yet, did we? We have not. Yeah. So you can email the show at breadandbutterhs at gmail dot com. We also have uh, Discord. Um, if just reach out to one of us, we will get you the link for that. Hockey, you got anybody you like to shout out this week? Uh, you guys for having me on. Um, I guess ridiculous that, you know, we talked to that. I was just on the Angry Chicken. I don't know if I'm supposed to plug competitors, but I've been enjoying the podcast. Oh, tour, oh, oh. So. oh you're good. You're good. We are. One, one, the tack is fantastic, <laughs> and we're wishing Joss all the best. Two, we are not a competitor of the Angry Chicken. We are not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, the, the, the whole Hearthstone community is so great, so it, I always just trust that it's, you know, all about, um, you know, you know, altruism oh absolutely always keep an altruistic point of view on everything so um and i mean like i said all the other great streamers and and members of the community i i really you know am thankful and you know shout out to my community for being great which includes a lot of those streamers so um like i said yeah just the hearthstone community in general how about yourself doc anybody you like to shout out this week uh yeah i have a couple uh First off, uh, Baki, thank you so much for going from being on tack to being down here uh, with us. And it's it's been an enjoyable time. Thank you so much. Uh, I also want to uh, thank my partner. Uh, as we mentioned on the top of the show, been together for a year. Um, and it's been it's been great. Um, uh, she's a pretty awesome person. And then my last shout out. Uh, I want to shout out to my DM for my TTRPG group, uh, Dame Kage. Uh, his narration for a funeral in our D&D session last night made three out of the four players cry. And I had to mute my mic just because it was very moving and it was just very great DMing. And so I just want to give him a shout out because I feel like that deserves it. Tito, how about yourself? I, I want to thank Dragon Rider, Sid, and Wicked for um, putting up with me over the last month as I've been getting the show match together. And then actually, uh, especially Dragon Rider, who did a fantastic job with production last night. And um, it was a good time. And um, that's about it. So, um, Pocky, uh, we look forward to having you again next week. Thank you for filling in at the last minute because we had we had another guest that wasn't able to make it. So we, we very much appreciate it. Um, but I, I think that's the end of the show, guys. Uh, I think we're toast. Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. 
It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs>